Welcome back to Chain of Fear, Chapter 14, Finding Myself Again. I opened my eyes fast and locked them on the pulse in inches from my face. It's Tiana. She had leaned closer to kiss me. I pushed her away from me and pushed off the couch. I eyed her. You're no fun, I sighed. Why did you wake me this way? Were you having a good dream? I looked away. Leave me alone. I pushed away from the couch and looked down at my whipped clothing. I need to get something new, something that will fit me. I looked over to the closet. Clothes that will fit you now or in your other form? Both, I eyed Tiana. Where are you going to find clothing like that? She crossed her arms. Where else? Hell, I grinned. Her arms dropped to her side. Demetrius would not allow that. He doesn't want you to leave. I waved my hand. Just tell him that I remembered what he had told me a long time ago. I went to find myself once again. Whatever, just be safe, she turned for the door. Yes, whatever you say, mother. She left the room as I inhaled slowly. Now to go find myself. What fun. I slipped my hands in my front pockets and blinked my eyes. I'm now within a different room. It smells of cloth and dust. It feels warm and welcoming at the same time. There is some music playing in the background. There is a counter in front of me with a bell on it. I reached up and rang it. I'll be right with you. It's a voice I've heard before. No worry. I'm in no rush. From behind the cloth doorway, someone stepped out. He looks human, almost normal. He looked up to me, meeting my eyes. He froze and stepped back. Chain, I swear I did nothing wrong. Whatever you think I did, I didn't. He hit the wall behind the counter. I grinned before leaning against the counter. I'm not here for any of that. I paused as he stopped freaking out, enough to calm himself. I'm here for some clothing, and you are the man I thought of. After all, you still owe me from before. He studied me closely before stepping over to the counter. He knew I was here for business, and not for his life. So, what can I do for you, Chain? I'll be needing it soon. Less than an hour. Can you make it look normal? Plain clothing? Human clothing are boring. He nodded. I will try. After all, it is for you. Thanks. I told him to leave, but stopped. And one more thing. He looked up. I need you to bring it to me. He nodded. Of course. He grabbed some cloth. Don't play with me. I'm not in the mood. He looked scared. Are you kidding? I'm afraid of you when you are mad. And you are only healed looking for clothing. Good. So I don't need to come back here? I grinned and appealed back into my room. Now a shower. My body eased as I walked into the bathroom. I toned and looked into the mirror. I look the same as I always do, but something is different. My black hair is the same, the horns, the off-color skin. One yellow and black eye, one red and black. Whipped clothing, a bored look, or emotionless face. I whipped the rest of my shirt off before looking down. I am covered in old scarring, someone new. Others reach across my whole stomach. My fingers ran over those scars. I shook my head, trying to shake the thoughts away. I changed back into my human form. I look the same as before, only shorter and normal tan skin. My eyes are still the same, but I can never change that. I toned. Demetrius was right. I am pushing myself, and I should have listened, but did I? Will I? I shook my head once before toning on the shower and taking Jackie's phone from my pocket and placing it by the sink. I took off my pants and stepped into the shower. The hot water hit my body as I stepped forward. Demetrius filled my thoughts once again, how I had found him on the side of the road, and whether or not I would have went back to him if I saw him years before. Something hit the floor outside the bathroom. I moved and turned off the water before reaching over and wrapping a towel around my body. I pushed the door open, hoping that whoever it was would leave. In the middle of the room stands the same man from the clothing store. He is breathing heavy and has a bag on his back. Are those my clothes? He pushed off the ground. He had fallen. He has four arms, two growing from his back. 
He looks afraid. He dusted off and looked at me. He reminds me of Spidal, only he's missing two arms. Yes, they are a chain. He grabbed the bag from his back and sat it down in front of him. I'm not sure if they are to your liking, sir. He moved the bag closer. It's a small backpack. I opened it and looked within. A small smile came to my face as I pulled out a shirt. It's soft and smooth to the touch. It's not a long sleeve. It's faded black. I put the shirt on and looked over to the man. He looked away, hoping that I would be pleased. I reached back into the bag and grabbed the rest. Underwear, pants. The pants are jeans, but are faded just like the shirt. Both are comfortable. Running would be easy. I turned to him and rubbed my hair with the towel before throwing it onto the couch. Are those shoes? He turned fast and smiled, which told me he had made some. Well, of course they are. Who do you think I am? He moved and reached into the bag before taking out some shoes. I took them from him. They're running shoes. Faded black. Fading from black to white. It's almost a zinc gray kind of color. They will withstand your power. I can reassure you of that, sir. I smiled as I eyed him. He looked worn out. Thank you. I patted his shoulder. You did good. He looked up fast. Chain. The door got kicked in as Dimitri stepped in. I dropped the shoes and put on some socks. Why are you here? I looked up to him before smiling. Chain had asked for some clothing. I did as he asked. Demetrius looked surprised by this. But Tiana told me that you had left. He sounds confused by this all. I told her to tell you that I had went to go and find myself once again, and I have. I slipped my feet into the shoes before standing up and eyeing Demetrius. Let's see if you were right about these clothing. The man looked afraid. He should be. I changed for him. The clothing didn't whip. They almost grew along with me. They still feel comfortable as well. Are they to your liking, Chain? I grinned. Yes. Yes, they are. He nodded before vanishing. How do I look? Demetrius is now staring at me, wondering why. He then smiled and nodded. You look like yourself, Chain. I snickled and shook my head. What's so funny? It's ironic, don't you think? How so? My name is Chain. I am called Chain of Fuel. I wear faded black, just like the chain around my neck. I thought for a moment before nodding and chuckling. You have a point, though. I looked down, my laughter died down. But it's also warming, knowing that I'm here for something, and that I can do as I please. I grinned as the door opened. The meeting is still happening, correct? It's a woman's voice. It almost sounded like a child's voice. I looked up to see Eliza. She looked over to me, her eyes widened. Wow. Hello again. You really do look how the room will state. I looked away. Of course, no one should question me about anything. I looked at Demetrius. Fill me in. He nodded. As you can see, Eliza's here. I sent Tiana and Tano back to our place to see what is left of it and stored it back up. I've also told Levin to bring Bluebird to where they will be needing to stay. Lane, Benton, and Jackie are waiting for your orders, but they do still need to get the gunpowder. I nodded. What of the wolves and the higher-ups? Though, they won't higher-ups to Demetrius. They were going through paperwork to see if they can find anything about Lithian and her demons. They had stated that they had some kind of information about her. If they find any, they will send it over to Bluebird so they can hunt them down. So it's just Eliza and her slave? Jackie, Benton, and Lane, you and myself? He nodded. Yes, you're thinking pretty fast, aren't you? Was he worried that I was pushing myself? There's no time to waste on things like this, I toned. What are the wolves? They were the ones running back and forth, getting the information to Bluebird. It was their idea, not mine. Though, I knew Demetrius wouldn't have told them no. He likes to walk dogs to the bone. Good, they have opened up to us. What do you want me to do? Her slave is by the door, watching me closely. I eyed him before looking back to her. Eliza, I need you to get any information you can about Lithian and her whereabouts. Can you do that? She thought for a moment. 
I am also asking you, slave. He jolted back before nodding. Your name? He stepped closer. I am not going to be calling you slave forever. You have proven to me that you will go just as far as a demon in front of me. He slowly smiled. Yoi. Fine. Yoi, Eliza, I need you to go back to hell and see what you can dig up about her. I paused. No. About our demons. You want that showy so she wouldn't think I have anything to do with you. If Tiana and Tano did that, she would know it was me or Demetrius and kill them. We aren't going to get killed, Yoi stated as he smiled. If she even touches you, I will kill her personally, I grinned. I'd believe you would do that anyways, Eliza started as I snickled. Thank you, Demetrius. Let us get the guns. Gun power, Demetrius corrected me. I rolled my eyes. Eliza vanished, along with Yoi, who nodded, telling me to take care. I rubbed the back of my neck and sighed. I can feel Demetrius watching me closely. Don't worry, I'm fine. I just have a lot to take care of. I looked down. You were so worried about the people you have to take care of. It's kind of nice that you came back to me. I eyed him and moved my arms to my side. I stared at him with worried eyes. Demetrius, about that. I looked down. I thought about the words I wanted to say. I'm sorry I came back so late. I felt his hand on my shoulder. I looked up. He has a soft smile on his face. It's warm and welcoming. It's okay. It's better than not coming back. I'm happy. I get to see you acting like yourself. And at least you aren't bored with yourself. I laughed and nodded. Yeah, who would be bored with you around? You're great. He chuckled. Let's get going, Jane. I nodded. We pushed open the door and headed down the hallway. Find Jackie and the others. We found them upstairs. They turned and greeted us with a smile. Demetrius is at my side, like time had toned back, and we were back in hell. He had a warm smile on his face that tells everyone around us that he is comfortable here. It felt nice to see him smiling and standing tall. Lane stepped closer and nodded to Demetrius. You look good with your glasses off, Jackie stated as I looked down. Oh, that reminds me. Where's Marcus? It was only Jackie, Lane, and Benton. Jackie snickled. You don't need to know. He got in the way. I had to help Abby with some paperwork. He isn't so pleased with that. I nodded. She is right about you without your glasses, Demetrius stated as he patted my shoulder. Of course, I never did wear glasses before. I never saw the reason until I joined this team. I scared everyone, so I hid it. I hid that I was a hack. I hid my past, and now I don't care because I know that I have you backing me up. They nodded in agreement. And you have our back, Jane. Lane stood tall. I eyed him. How's your family? Safe, thanks to you. I nodded. No need to thank me. It was nothing. I toned. Let's get going. Yes. We walked outside and over to one of the walking cars in the parking lot. I stopped in front of the car. I went through hell with it. The only one that made it through. How long will I stay in the human ward this time? Will they let me drive? Does it matter? Jackie opened the back door and looked at me, telling me to get in. Demetrius walked around and got into the other side as Benton opened the driver's door and sat in. I sat in the middle. Demetrius sat behind Benton and Jackie sat behind Lane. Demetrius pushed against me as I sighed. What is the problem with you? He questioned as I looked up. I just can't believe you took over in that little time. You have proven to me that you are willing to take up your job, to take up your place once again. I looked up at him. He looked surprised before looking to the window. I was always ready, Chain. I was just waiting. On your worlds. He had a small smile. Benton took off down the road. God knows where. You're stupid, you know that? I sniggled. Ha! Me? No. He shook his head. But every man is stupid, but always have a lad behind me. Man or woman, young or old, stubborn or open-minded, kind or angry. It doesn't matter as long as I have someone standing with me, pushing me forward. I looked down and moved my arms up. A phone went off and Jackie moved about in her seat, wondering how the hell her phone got back into her lap. 
She took it out and looked down at it as Demetrius chuckled next to me. Of course, he knew how the trick worked. She threw her phone at me. I sniggled before looking down at the phone. Levin, what are you doing here? Levin popped out of nowhere. He chuckled a bit. Sorry, I had to have my fun. You left us back in the building. The phone moved around in the air before dropping into my hand. Sorry, Jackie. Though we all knew he wasn't. I thought it was my phone. I smiled before looking down at the phone. It looks like Jackie's, but different in color and smaller. If you need anything else, call. He turned to leave. Did you just come to bring this? Did you not want to walk on paperwork? He froze before slowly turning back to me. He has a sly smile across his face. It's not like that. He tried to look away. You dare lie to me, leaving? He looked afraid. No, not at all. Then go help somewhere else. He nodded and looked away. You're acting all high and mighty, he muttered. I chuckled, so did Demetrius. Of course, he would get a kick out of it. But he is still having fun with you. Lieben's face turned red before he took off. Oh, he ran away, I state. What was that all about? Lane questioned as he looked back. Lieben didn't leave my side when we took him in. I forgot how long ago it was. He wanted to prove to me that he had what it took to take me out, but every time he tried, he would always land on his butt, and I would chuckle. Demetrius would call him my toy. Lieben will never live it down. It was pretty funny if I say so myself. That makes you sound like a povolt, Jackie states as I looked to Wolfass. Not in that way, she laughed. I was kidding. He seems to like you. He looks up to you. Like a little brother would. My eyes widened. I looked down before smiling softly. I looked over to Demetrius. I guess your little family is still growing strong, Demetrius. He rubbed his face. What are you talking about? He hit my back. Just what you told me a long time ago, when things were getting entertaining, and I was just starting to enjoy myself. He sighed. I see. You mean the thing I was stating about this little family? I didn't think it would get this big so soon. Just wait. You might just run hell one day. He shook his head and smiled. I don't think I'll ever get that popular. He laughed as Lane watched us from the front. What do you think about the matter at hand, Lane? He thought for a long moment. I'm not really one to speak about who could run hell. If I knew Demetrius was overlooking everything, hell would start to look like a better place. Demetrius's laughter filled the car. It was evil and harsh. Then you don't know anything about Demetrius. Or hell, Lane toned white. I'm just saying, he toned around fast as Benton and Jackie chuckled. Lighten up, Lane. Benton patted Lane's shoulder. At least Shane isn't driving this time. Everyone laughed as I shook my head. That's not funny. Demetrius made me drive, and you let it happen. The laughter continued throughout the car. My body eased as it changed. I had forgotten that I was within my demon form. Demetrius moved in his seat, getting comfortable. The laughter died down as it got quiet. We were walking, but also trying to have a good time. Why can't we have both? Demetrius pushed himself up before looking down at me. He knew I had my mind elsewhere. Jane, why don't you rest for a bit? I looked up to him and smiled. Let me use your shoulder then. He chuckled and moved closer. I leaned over and sat my head on his shoulder. My eyes closed and I felt warmth coming from his shoulder. He seemed so close, but yet so far. Sleep well, Chain. His voice is sweet and kind, just like the first time he had found me. Did he care about me that much? My mind tried to wrap itself around Demetrius and why he cared. He acted like someone who would die for me if need be, but someone who could raise hell and fight anyone with an iron fist. At times, he reminded me of a father. Other times, he acted like a brother, one older than myself. I only had an older sister. She was caring and held me close, telling me to sleep well, telling me everything would be okay, holding me when I was crying, holding me like as if she let go, I would vanish right before her eyes. Olive was always like that, as if she could see the future in someone's eyes. She didn't fear her mother. She never did. No, she never could. 
She never feared death as her mother drowned her. But what did she feel? Did she know something I didn't? I felt the arms wrap around me and pull me back into the void. I saw the films moving by me. I looked down to see a film of Olive, and I could hear the screaming. I couldn't escape from the grasp. I knew I was in for a ride, one I didn't want to take part in. The cold took over my body and my eyes closed, and I fell back into the past. There was screaming all around me. I woke in a hurry. I had gotten used to waking in a hurry, to quiet, then screams. I sat up before throwing off the light covers over my little body. I pushed off the pile of blankets and rushed to the cause of the screaming. It was Olive once again. All that rushed through my mind was, I need to calm her down before Mother wakes. I stopped in front of Olive's bed. Her back is arched. She is gripping onto the bed as if something had taken control of her body without her knowing. She is screaming and panting for air, as if her lungs no longer obey her command. The church told Mother that if Olive acted like this again, they would bless her, cure her of her demons. But demons did not have their hands on Olive. It was our Mother. The real demon. I acted, wrapping around Olive, holding her arms. Her body jolted in pain as she gasped for air. She pulled me on top of her, hugging me close as if she was afraid of losing me. Why would she have to feel that? Her body is shaking as if she is under cold ice. Shh. It's okay. Shh. Her voice is calming and makes me think that everything will be okay. She could make anyone fall back to sleep. She is having a nightmare, and she is still very much asleep. Her body shook. Chain. Shh. Shh. It's okay. She pulled me closer. Was she awake? She acted lifeless time to time. I would calm her down, but it was always her who told me that it would be okay. She held me close and told me it would be okay. To let the others in. To never forget the feeling. There was nothing to feel. Shh. Her fingers shook. Her voice cracked. Was she crying now? They will always be there. Always. She started to calm down. She is starting to fall out of the nightmare that is holding on to her. This was before Johnny had died, a little after her father left. I had always wondered what she had seen in her dreams. The church told her mother that she was gifted, and that if she ever dreamt of Victor to let them know. But mother did not pay any mind, and I didn't understand. Victor of what? Remember Chain, always. Her grip lightened as I pushed away from her. She has tears running down her face. She had said they. Who were they? Olive's eyes rolled before her body shook, her eyes closed. They will always hold you, Shane. She fell back to sleep, or back into a deep sleep. Was she always dreaming of me, or the other half? Did she have a nightmare about our mother? About our father who left? Why did the church want to take Olive? They were too late anyways. My eyes slowly opened. I don't know how long I had been asleep, but I am now washed over with this cold feeling. I felt a hand on top of my head. I looked up to see Demetrius. His eyes are closed, and he is smiling as if he is the happiest person in the void. Shh, don't cry, Chain. We're here. Don't forget. My eyes widened. I felt tears coming to my eyes. I moved and wiped my eyes. It's okay. Demetrius's hand moved and he hugged me. My eyes slowly closed as I touched his arm. Did you dream of something bad? I nodded. I can tell. It will be okay. They can't hold you anymore. Who will they that he had met? I pushed his arm away and rubbed my eyes and looked down before inhaling slowly. My sister said the same thing when she had nightmares. She would speak in her sleep. She would hold on to me and tell me repeatedly that they would always be there. I looked up. Maybe she could see the future. He chuckled. He patted my back. Maybe she could see that we could be here for you. Maybe she saw a better life for you. I felt cold as if I had been placed in ice-cold water. She would cry and scream all the time. 
Is this it now? I looked down. Could she feel the pain? The feel? Of course she would feel me if she looked at me now. If she had seen me, she would feel me. Don't think about it too much. Wouldn't want you to get lost, Dimitri started. He almost sounded like it was an order. Don't worry. Everyone cries in their sleep, Jackie started. My father did the same sometimes. He would scream about something random and jump awake. But this was different. The church wanted her, Dimitris. They wanted to know about the victor. I looked up to him. He nodded slowly. A victor over hell? If your sister could see that, I would see why they would want her and her sight. The church is always the same. They want to be closer to God, but your sister was closer to you. You of this time, not the old you. Demetrius knew a lot about the church and the people who were gifted. I guess you were right. I looked down before sighing. Thank you, Demetrius. He patted my shoulder lightly before looking to the window. The car went silent. Demetrius watched the window as I looked down. I should have been looking out the window, but my mind is elsewhere. Demetrius moved. He grabbed on my arm and reached for Benton. Stop! It was too late. Benton tried to stop the car. The sound of breaking glass filled the car. The crunch of metal. The whole car turned to the left. Demetrius slammed in the door. The window broke open. I ran into him as Lane yelped. His seatbelt pulled at him as Jackie hit me. Her arms went up and she grabbed hold of the boy above her. The car then spun the other way, hitting against something and going out of control. Lane passed out and Benton hit the window and tried to stop the car. Demetrius tried to reach for Benton. I looked to the window next to Jackie, but everything is a blow. I can't make out anything. My head is spinning and my side halts from both Jackie and Demetrius hitting into me. The door crunched as we came to a stop. Jackie is breathing heavy. I felt my seatbelt pull and I knew it wasn't over. Something hit the back of the car and we went forwards. I hold the breaking of metal and not the car. We are on the side of a cliff and now we are facing down the side. I felt pressure leave. I pushed against Demetrius and hold the click and Demetrius slipped out of the car. I reached for him. He is hanging out of the car by a broken door. He looked up at me with wide eyes. I don't know what came over me. Screw it. I grabbed onto him as the car rocked. We were stuck halfway off the cliff and Demetrius' weight is making us tip. My seatbelt pulled me back. Don't. The car will fall. Don't move. Don't worry about me, Chain. We both knew he couldn't jump himself back without help. He couldn't, knowing that he could hold us. Don't be an idiot. I'm not leaving you, nor will I lose any more family. I locked my eyes on him. I wanted to punch him. Don't do it. I'm not worth it. I felt my fingers twitch. I'll just hurt you. I jumped and stood behind the car. I grabbed the bottom of the car and pulled. The car moved as I pulled. I would do it without Demetrius' help. I'll prove to him that he is worth it. I felt a sharp pain to my face. I almost dropped the car. My body ached and screamed for me to change forms, but I pushed it away. I needed to bring the car up. I needed to save them. The sharp pain shot throughout my body. It sounded like a whip behind me. Who in their right mind would whip me in the human ward? I gripped my teeth and pulled. The whip hit my back and cut deeper. My feet dug into the mud under me. I needed to fight the pain and panic of losing control. Give it up. You cannot handle the pain. The voice is coming from behind me. It's not of a human, but of a beast. One who sounds strong. He is a rhino man, but he sounds different. Hit me again. It's not a whip, but a willow branch, laced with something. Screw you, I shout. I don't care what you say about me. You can rot in hell for all I care. I'm saving my family. My arms twitched as I gripped the car. The metal is cutting my fingers. My horns are starting to grow as I pulled. My back screamed in pain. I have to do something or they will get caught in this mess. It will be my fault. That's why I must do this. Don't chain. Don't do it. You will get hurt. Demetrius is right. I inhaled slowly before looking into the car. I can see the back of Jackie's head. 
I can see the broken glass and the blood from the glass hitting us. I already made up my mind, so be quiet and wait. I inhaled slowly, calming my breath. See you soon. My hand let go of the car. The beast behind me stepped back. I stood up before leaning back and kicking the car with everything I have. The car and Demetrius vanished as I fell forward. My eyes slowly closed as I hit the ground. I can feel the rain hitting my face. I can feel the mud as it hugs against my body. I can hear the rhino man stepping closer, but my mind went black as I exhaled. I got them away. That's all what matters. End of chapter 14. This is a work of fiction, an original work. Thank you for joining.